0: second-generation Pilates teacher, owner and director of Chapel Allerton Pilates and the founder of the Whole Body Pelvic Health Method. I'm Sophie Rogue, a long-standing client
1: of Claire's and user researcher by day. Welcome to Reimagining You the Pilates Way. In today's episode, to support Pelvic Organ Prolapse Awareness Month in June 2023, we'll be chatting all things prolapse. And showing how consistency and commitment to Pilates can help restore your pelvic organ prolapse. I know very little about this and I'm really looking forward to learning from Claire. So let's talk about Pilates and pelvic organ prolapse. Claire so I had a super exciting text from you last week telling me that you'd finished the manuscript from your as yet unnamed I believe pelvic health book and for anyone who might not know not many, I don't think, <laughs> that you're writing a book. Can you say a bit more about it? Do you have a title oh, yet? No. Or even a working title? <laughs> I, I'm just going to call it The Sparrow Method, The Method That Works.
0: That's brilliant. I like that a lot, actually. I think you and others have got more idea about the title than I do at the moment. It's actually been quite A lot harder to come up with the title than I'd anticipated Mm -hmm. because you have to say such a lot in so few words. Yes. And it's the book covers the length and breadth because so many women don't actually know, for example, that it's not a pelvic floor. They don't know what pelvic organ prolapse actually is. Mm -hmm. We don't know our own anatomy. We have tried traditional exercises and feel like that's the only way. So the idea that there could be an alternative, why would there be an alternative? So like, it's massive. And then I teach the whole body pelvic health concepts within the book. So we've got this sort of why half of the book and then the action half of the book. So I'm just not quite there with the title yet. Okay, so if,
1: I would say if any of our listeners have got some brilliant ideas, oh, yes. please
0: fire them to us. <laughs> I need as many ideas as possible because it's a, a really challenging thing and I'm putting a lot... In, I have put such a lot into the creation of the book and I've thought about the women specifically. You know, I've had so many specific women in mind who I've worked with. And so I'm talking to them in the book and remembering back to situations where women have come to me. And we've had similar conversations mm-hmm. where women were never actually taught our own anatomy uh, or why we would need to know our own anatomy and we're not necessarily seeing ourselves as a a whole and that our pelvic floor is a vital part of that whole body And yeah, so there's just, there's just a lot to it. It's because we're not medical, that's it. Oh, (laughs) give over. (laughs) We just need to know our own
1: anatomy and then we've got a starting point. But that leads us really nicely onto our conversation about pelvic organ prolapse. And I'll be really honest with you, that I'm probably fortunate that I don't know very much about it, Mm -hmm. but I have known women thinking about it who've experienced it over the years. Um, and I think the first time I remember hearing someone say it happened to them was actually not too long after I'd had my youngest. So it was, it was quite a while ago, and it was a mum of twins, and she had had three children in the space of eighteen months. Oh wow! And told me I can't remember the exact words, but mm, I'm about to have it, you know push back up or something <laughs> around those <laughs> those words, and I didn't really know what she meant, but obviously I nodded in sympathy um and it was one of those wow having kids wreck your body doesn't it type of conversations so all these years later can you enlighten me as to what you think mm. might have happened to this this woman how would she be, how would she have known she'd had a pelvic organ or, prolapse pelvic organ prolapse we
0: could just call it pop pop <laughs> yeah to <laughs> make it easier so here's the thing like there's actually quite a few things to unpack You had a conversation with a woman in public somewhere when you were with the kids, and actually, that's quite unusual. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women aren't talking about it, which is why you don't know what to expect, why you don't know about it, because we're not sharing a great deal about it, and even you know, in the work that I've done over over many years with women, and I've asked for testimonials, for example, people are really happy to share, but not always happy to put their name, attribute sure, their name, yeah. which I really as un- embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, when actually, fifty percent of women up to the age of forty have pelvic organ prolapse symptoms. Really, and it increases beyond the age of forty. <sighs> so. When it, at least 50% of us are experiencing something, why should we be embarrassed about it? We're embarrassed because it's not talked about, because there's a bias around it to, well, it's weak muscles, do strengthening exercises, that'll fix it. If it doesn't fix it, get surgery or put up with it. You know, there's not a lot of positive language or um, holistic approach to it. So when so that, that that's kind of the one piece to unpack. The other piece is what actually is pelvic organ mm. prolapse. If you look up, you know, we do the good old Google search, which of, I, obviously <laughs> I did in preparation for this, felt <laughs> um, not all that much wiser. No, and usually the kind of standard definitions are things like when one or more pelvic organ drops, yes, because of weak pelvic floor muscles. That's the general response. So when you get a diagnosis, we all do this, we all literally go straight to Dr. Google and we search to find out more Mm. about it. And if the first thing you then read is that something's falling out of you because you're weak, that then is embodied and interpreted uh, like almost with everybody that I've worked with that they felt that they were weak it was their fault. Mm. It's a failure, isn't it's it? It's a, like to- a failure. A failure like, my body couldn't manage. Correct. Either, either they failed or their body f- has failed them or a combination. When the truth actually is and um, that the, an organ has moved right feel how different that is to think about an organ having moved which actually
1: happens when you're pregnant anyway doesn't it and it it
0: happens when you've got a full bladder or you need to go for a poo oh did things are taking up (laughs) space yeah so things have to move if you think about you've got three if we think about three main organs and they're sort of stacked on top of each other if one gets full with something Mm. it's going to push on the other one so it moves you're climbing stairs, you're running, you're rolling about the floor with the kids when they're wee, you're going to be affecting those organs. They are designed to move. So if they're designed to move, then they can be moved back again. It's just that it's the approach that's taken that's a little misconstrued. Okay. Because they're designed to move and they've not actually fallen it's not because weak muscles have... The, the, the idea of weak just, I mean, it boggles my mind because it's so much more than that. Yes, we have to have a balance of strength and flexibility through our whole body, but your pelvic floor is not there to hold all of your organs up from below. If you think about maybe the analogy of a, a pair of Bridget Jones knickers, mm-hmm. so those knickers are not being held up by the gusset underneath they're being held up by the elastic at At the the top top. yeah okay we are the same there's and also it's the elastic around your legs and it's the elasticiness of the body of them it's the whole thing so we can't rely on just the pelvic floor muscles to hold up those organs so back to the organ has moved so what makes it move? So if the organ, so what women will feel is a bulging or dragging either at the front, bottom of their pelvis or internally. So they might feel, it can feel like a kind of tampon stuck half in or half okay. out. It can feel like you've not quite got all the poo out or something's kind of stuck. Depends what type of prolapse it is. So you've had a movement movement and you can feel it. So that's what the prolapse might feel like. But what we need to look at is, well, what's caused that? Why is it there? A lot of cases, it comes from tension and scar tissue from a birth injury. 90% of us that have had a vaginal birth, have a birth injury. And give me an example of a birth so injury. So 90% is bonkers, isn't it? It is. So a birth injury would be an episiotomy, a tear, even a graze. That will be a birth injury. So if you think about, if you tore a muscle in your bicep, say you tore your bicep, yeah, you'd have stitches, you might have some rehab, you might have all sorts of treatment for it for yeah. quite some time if you tore your yeah, mindset yeah, sure. whereas we have little to no post-care treatment for the internal injury that we've had through childbirth. So when you so, say a graze this
1: is what I'm interested in because I've just heard the midwife say to me oh I think you've just got a graze. Brilliant okay what what even so, is that? So, because because well, it was said to me, but I have no
0: idea what they were talking about. How many about. times have your boys grazed their knees? Exactly. Yeah. Sipped their knees. We yeah. would Call it where, that. Where's the graze? Inside. So, outside. It don't could be, be either. Eye. Right. Okay. So it could be nearer the surface on your perineum. Often yeah. it's that because the perineum. If you didn't do perineal massage, yeah. for example, you might be more inclined to have a graze or a tear there but it could have been internally as their head was passing through so there's a lot because a lot of there's a lot of tissue and it's all kind of folded and and kind of interwoven so that it can then lengthen and stretch out not just for childbirth and N- n- not this doesn't just apply. Prolapse also doesn't just apply to women that have had children. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we haven't turned people off yet because we'll talk about why it applies to people who haven't had okay. children. This is just specific to them. Um. So you, yeah, it's it's huge. And so sorry, I just need to go back to the graze. Okay, look,
1: I, I need to because to me, someone says, "Oh, you you got a graze or you, or you?" I'd say to my my son, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's just a graze. Don't worry."
0: Oh, so you do the same to him. <laughs> it's not bleeding. It's fine. Skin's okay. Yeah. It's just like a surface And it grade. will heal naturally, much like a graze internally okay. will heal naturally. And there will still be... Scar tissue. Now, what we need to know about that is that it's a stiffening, it's a thickening, it's where it's the body's mechanism for healing. So it goes there because it's necessary. So all the Mm. cells go there and it builds new tissue and it's there for a reason and it's for healing. Once you've healed, Mm. you don't really want that scar tissue to necessarily be there. Perhaps a certain amount, but not necessarily all of it because that stiffening and stiff tissue means that it reduces your sensation there so your brain and your body have less clear communication you have less movement there so it then can start to inhibit your hip movement your pelvic floor movement your hips. yes mm. it's so much more complex yeah. than we just think of the floor as some kind of separate entity In and of itself, and it's so much more complex than that. Oh, interesting. So going back to this friend who'd Mm -hmm. had
1: this, she'd had it, I'm not sure, she said she'd had it pushed up. Yes. What would have happened there? What would be the standard sort of medical response to something like that? There's
0: lots of different approaches. So, you know, I would definitely advocate for a non-surgical approach because the results are very poor. I don't know the exact statistics. We'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But it's it's less than 40% success from, from memory from any kind of prolapse surgery. So there's other things that happen out there, like we've got celebs promoting rejuvenation and having things tightened up. This is a little bit different. I don't agree with that much either to be mm. honest but the the pelvic floor surgeries things like mesh mesh you know the surgeons that I have trained with through in the states they won't use mesh now because your body wants to reject this foreign object that's there
1: so i'm thinking mesh is something
0: to st- that you, you, you gets put in so, you to so stop it, Correct. Stop it Correct. Okay. Because yeah. it's all still based on the idea, the assumption that the organs have fallen out because of weak muscles. Mm. Can we entertain the idea that they haven't fallen out because of weak muscles? Nobody's ever, like historically, when you look through time, how anatomy has evolved and how treatment of pelvic floor has evolved, or treatment of pelvic floor dysfunction, which I don't like that word, we need a better one. Mm. But that, if we look at it through time, it's all based on assumptions.
1: Oh, and so, but I suppose for me, thinking about having a, uh, it's almost like a, oh, that's that's like a quick fix. It's, not oh, pretty, it's probably not. not particularly pleasant, but it, yeah, It, it feels so, like
0: it, people might think it's a once and done. Of all the women that I've worked with, only one has had pelvic floor surgery not had to have it redone. And she has done every possible thing holistically. Every day she's dedicated her life to maintaining and making sure she's there. And every other woman has had to have more surgery. And
1: so would they be all right after surgery and then not alright
0: after a Correct. So okay. it just prolapse again or right. it prolapses more. That's mm. unfortunately the trial. Oh, and that would with it would be really
1: frustrating if you've been through surgery and then you're like, no, it's happened again.
0: Yes, and and the the, the quick fix uh mindset is what what we need to, to work on because our pelvic floor is for life. It deserves our care and attention for life, but we've not been trained that way. And even I, like, I would really much rather just do what they say, squeeze up your pelvic floor when you stop at the traffic lights and that'd be all I have to think about it.
1: The mm. sad reality
0: is that we're not serving our pelvic floor for our long-term health if that's the only thing that we're doing. It's like anything. If you think about um, an athlete, a basketball player or a runner or whatever they train their body and their mind for the skills required for the sport they want to do. So why then would we train our pelvic floor muscles by just squeezing them at the traffic lights or whatever else? that's what the guidance tells us to do. And that's it. But it's not what our pelvic floor needs to do. When do you have a vulnerability, let's say, in your pelvic floor? When you cough, when you sneeze, when you run, when you jump. So we need to do movements that replicate and train oh. you towards that using breath, using different orientations to gravity to build up gradually the skill of what it is you want to do. Like it just makes no sense to me. So I shouldn't have bothered with my app?
1: No, the app is not necessarily that helpful. When I was pregnant for the first time, I, I followed everything kind of textbook because I didn't really know what I was doing, what was happening. So I have the app, the Squeeze, the Squeeze yep. app. I think I probably packed that in after a few
0: months. Mm. Postnatal or during pregnancy? During pregnancy. Okay. Afterwards, no, I didn't do anything. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Because
1: I, th- I thought I, was, I you know, it was all until right. we met. And I was too busy. I know, and that's <laughs> it's that thing like you. And I, th- I think that's definitely when you f- at least when you first have a child, you suddenly realize, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I'm completely secondary mm-hmm. to this because. All of my care and attention and time is either spent, well, this this was me anyway, was spent trying to catch up on sleep or, um, this was the majority, caring for that little (laughs) human being that needs you 100%. Oh,
0: oh, of course. And what's really interesting is I want to just catch that point that you made about doing your squeezing app. oh yeah during pregnancy and not afterwards so think about what we were talking about before when you deliver your baby we're talking about all the folds and everything's Mm. designed to lengthen if all you've done is squeeze that tissue that's meant to lengthen out for a bit how is it going to be able to learn how to lengthen out it goes back to the train for what the goal is what do you want that those muscles to do So I think that also relates to why women who have not had children have prolapse or other symptoms with their pelvic floor because there's such a lot of um, emphasis on pulling in and squeezing and tightening in general exercise, fitness, wherever you look. And so what then happens is the opposite of a functional pelvic floor is where it becomes hyper. It becomes what's called hypertonic, where it doesn't have the ability to lengthen out and give birth or lengthen out when it needs to for walking or running. And it only holds in. And that can create incontinence, sciatic pain, deep kind of hip groin pain, so many, many women who will n- not have children, but do have hypertonic pelvic floor, can just as easily have the the, the symptoms. It goes back again to what we we're seeing about scar tissue, the stiffening. Mm. So if you think about the muscles can be stiff without scar tissue. You know, if you think about like, you might think, oh, I've got tight hamstrings. Yes. Yeah. It's the, the same is true. Your hamstrings connect to your pelvic floor, just as an FYI. So if you feel like you've got tight hamstrings, it's quite possible that you also have some tightness through the pelvic floor too. So if you can kind of... you feel and sense what it's like to have a tight muscle somewhere in your body the same is true for your pelvic floor you know that if you had a tight hamstring you'd want to do something about it you might get some Mm -hmm. massage you might do your full roller you might do some movements that are going to give it a bit more length the same is true for your pelvic floor how but how would i know then that i had a tightness in my pelvic floor Different, well, it's going to be different for different people, okay. Okay, so if you're a gymnast, if you're somebody who is quite athletic and you do an athletic move Mm -hmm. in your wee, yeah, it's quite possible, okay. That's yeah, like that's that's (laughs) like an obvious
1: one, yeah. I've got an older relative who I believe has experienced pelvic organ prolapse a number of times, and I think she had a, a ring put in, oh, yeah, yeah, so. I kind of knew about this because she told me. And again, it was one of those conversations that I wasn't really sure what she meant. Sure. But I do know there's been a lot of back and forth over the size or some such. Is that right? Yeah. And you did say it can happen a number of times. And she's quite old and Uh it's still kind
0: of ongoing. So basically, even when you're fixed, you might not be. Yes. And so there's, a, there, there's different types. There's the main types of prolapse. You've got your cystocele, which is where the bladder is prolapsed, so where the bladder has moved. Yeah. Okay. Then you've got your rectocele, where the rectum has moved. Yeah. And then you've got the uterine prolapse, which is when your root, uterus has moved. Sometimes what will happen is as you go through menopause, one will move and you'll be aware of Why? it. Why? Why is it moving hormone, in menopause? Hormone changes in menopause mean that your tissue has a little bit less um, dynamism and flexibility okay. and, and healing potential. But there's still a lot you can do. You can prepare for that and you can work through that. Okay, so don't panic. And then what happens is that perhaps one of the organs will move and then you do something, like maybe you have a ring fitted, and then over time, another organ will move. And so you need a different ring, or you need to just move the one that's there. There's different approaches to And the to ring it. is to, is similar to the mesh, so is it, to stop it? A ring is more like, what would we compare it to, more like a um cast to keep things in place. Okay. It's slightly, I'm kind of back and forth about what I I feel about the use of rings because if you're putting something in there likened to a cast, it will help to hold things in place, but does it help to train the muscles to do what they're meant to do as a whole if you've just got a cast in place? So I'm not so sure. It gives a lot of women get, a lot of relief with them they're different sizes different shapes and it's not a one size fits all usually it's not the first one that's going to fit right you know it's a bit of trial and error to 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 start with um so yeah the different types of prolapse different types of rings you can prolapse multiple organs at different times depending on your condition, what exercise you do, what other dietary things you do, are you active or not active. So, yeah, it's a big thing. Wow. And so,
1: thinking about it, prolapsing again, or maybe having a prolapse for the first time when you're quite a bit older, mm-hmm.
0: could there have been an injury that doesn't present to years later? Oh, of late? course. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So, that birth injury... Often, your body's coping. It's what we see a lot. You know, Anna Kroll, who I work with, the women's health physio, we see this a lot where people hit menopause and the birth injury, I'm sorry, but it's reality. The birth injury that they had 20 years ago then creates the problem when they go through menopause because whatever your mechanisms your body had sort of navigated to get you through it then cannot sustain that with the hormone changes through menopause. So, if you can get on top of your menopause, for example, just the basics of getting the appropriate, whether it's HRT or not, but getting the appropriate replacements and supplements in your body, and that will help the tissue anyway. Mm massage so doing internal massage to get the fluid flow to I make know where to sure start when you say that how how yeah. doing
1: internal massage
0: well so as part of the book what we've also included is a companion course and as part of the companion course there is a lesson with Anna on how to oh, do brilliant. the internal massage we do a comprehensive lesson in my online membership course and we put things on YouTube for free. So there's lots of ways out there to access a little bit of education on how you can do internal treatment. So massage would be really, really helpful because then you can release that scar tissue in that treatment. You're building fluid flow, which is going to create more healing uh, in your body naturally and also it stimulates your bro- brain to pelvic floor sensation mm. again because remember if it's if it's a dull pathway your pelvic floor is not going to pick up the messages from your brain or vice versa so it's really important that we we get in there and get moving I feel like I need to take a moment to <laughs> <think about. laughs> I bet the listeners do too this is a lot and
1: because it's, it's a
0: lot. I, I I really have dedicated a lot of, mm. of energy and focus to this because this was my own experience and because the traditional exercises failed me. I didn't fail. My body mm. didn't fail. I didn't have the education and I want to make sure that women now, and, I, you know, I want women, young, young women to know so yeah. that they can prepare themselves for this too. So... You've talked a
1: bit about internal massage, but I'm wondering now... I do Pilates once or twice a week. Yeah. Is that enough? Should I be... What should I be doing? Like, if I'm listening now thinking, oh, dear, I seem to be all right at the moment, but yeah, who knows what's coming my way, menopause later in life. I maybe had children a while back. I seem yeah. okay. But wait a minute, you've just told me that I actually I might not be. Mm-hmm. So... What should I actually be doing
0: to help myself? Yeah, so really, most of us need to have an internal assessment by a qualified women's health physiotherapist who can just give you the lay of the land. You will then know what you're dealing with. They will be able to say, yes, there's some scar tissue there. Yes, you may have a very low-grade prolapse. Yes, they'll be able to inform you. So just to backtrack
1: on that, you should have an internal assessment by a women's health
0: physiotherapist. Not and, a women's health, so, so you, you th- qualified an in internal. Because not all women's health physios will do internal. So if I go to
1: my GP yes, and say, well, I'm having a you know, few issues, this is happening, that's happening. Would I get, I know this is quite a hard question because it's quite generic. Would I be able to get a referral through the NHS to someone like that? Does that exist? Or is it
0: something that I would need to seek out myself? Uh, so all of those. Right. You could see your GP and your GP may offer to do an internal check. They are not a physiotherapist. They are not necessarily holistically viewing. I know loads of GPs that are, that I have great relationships with, but not everybody is. Yeah. So the general assessments that that most... um. Most physios will do or GP will do is assessing for strength because the assumption is made that so the is problem this, is the weakness, so it's like it's a
1: tricky one. So, is this where I've heard people need to have to jump up and down? And yes, see if they wet themselves. Yes, is, would that
0: be an assessment yes. of strength? So, that would well, that would because be because if
1: someone asked me to do that, I would purposely, yeah, pull up, yes. make sure
0: that it didn't, so they're stressing. And to be honest, it, that makes more sense than what is often done, which is lie on your back. They're going to either use their finger or they're going to use a probe and they're going to say, squeeze this. Okay. Where you're on your back, so you've not got your normal orientation yeah. to gravity, which is logical, and you're squeezing consciously, which is not usually when you have a problem. Yes, yeah. Okay. So jumping is actually a more accurate way of testing, but they're not going to be checking if you've got scar tissue. They're not going to be checking if you've got a prolapse, if you're just doing the jump, if they're just doing the squeeze my finger. It's more complicated. It's more holistic than that, the way that we need to do it. So a GP can assess you and you can ask them, can you check if there's any scar tissue or signs of a prolapse? If they say, yes, you have a prolapse, then ask what type? Because I have so many women that come to me and say, oh, they didn't tell me. They just said I've got a prolapse. Right. It could be one of three organs or three of three organs or two of three but organs. how would you how know How that? would you know? Yeah. So ask that. Also ask what degree because there's different grades. Okay, so of a prolapse it. isn't just a prolapse. And no. It looks the same in everybody. Because how far has it moved? So that's what that's important for you to know as well. Um, so uh, being informed going in wherever you go in is going to help. Um, a lot of uh, physiotherapists privately will also still do similar. Um, and again, I would ask your private physio to the same questions because not it's like anything no pilates teachers the same no no doctors the same no physios the same we all have our biases and the education that we've had and the beliefs that we have and all of the things so if we can take the the ownership and that's why you know us having this conversation today is so important because mm. if we can educate even just a little nugget which informs women when they go in of some questions to ask it will be huge.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds really important because there is still this element of, and I have it, you go to the doctor to be fixed, they'll Mm -hmm. have all the answers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you kind of are able to, you sit and you listen and they tell you what's going to happen next and what you're going to do. So that's really interesting that actually it would be really helpful to go in with some questions of your own and with some
0: understanding of what they might say. Yeah, for sure. So it's, uh, check for scarring check for prolapse if there is a prolapse what type is it and what degree is it okay that's really really useful so when
1: we when we were preparing for this episode I messaged you didn't I and I said hmm, <laughs> if I had a pelvic organ prolapse could I correct it by doing your whole body pelvic health course or would I need a medical intervention too and you just messaged back annoyingly with one word yes <laughs>
0: know you wanted more than that it was so obvious to me (laughs) so
1: I think you thought I was joking but I wasn't it was a it was a genuine question so obviously I'm gonna need a bit more than that (laughs) funny enough so tell me about how your whole body pelvic health program works why would someone with a pelvic organ prolapse take what I would see to be a bit of a leap of faith Mm. and enroll on your course perhaps rather than going down the medical route because you've said, yep, you can do my whole body pelvic health and
0: that will, will help. The thing is that the course is really designed for those women who are at their wits end. They've been you know, banging their head against a brick wall kind of thing. They've tried the traditional exercises and most of the time they've either gotten worse or not changed at all and they want something that's alternative and they don't want to go down the surgical route. And I think that's the key is if there's Lots of steps that we could be taking to avoid surgery. Mm. Whatever that surgery is, we would take it, Mm. wouldn't we? Yeah, for sure. So the whole body pelvic health method is the non-surgical approach to restoring your pelvic health, in particular pelvic organ prolapse. So when you do the, the concepts, you're working, you're almost resetting your entire body. So you're resetting, you're taking... Uh, taking stock of everything in your body that's influencing your pelvic floor so we're not taking an isolated look at just your pelvic floor muscles right because your pelvic floor muscles are only one part of why you're having a pro experiencing a prolapse if we go back to the Bridget Jones knickers Mm-mm. image, imagine you've got your whole entire body is elasticated, like you're in a stretchy elastic onesie. All of your body, when you move your arm, is pulling on the gusset of your knickers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you think about yeah, it like that. Yeah. So if your shoulders are rounded and forwards, I know <sighs> she's rolling her Tune shoulders back. <laughs> If your pelvis is tucked under, if your head is forwards, all of those things are influencing your pelvic floor. So we look at your whole body. What about your jaw? I'm yeah. thinking about my jaw. I don't Your know jaw why. is a huge part of it because mm. if you yawn, so if it's safe to do so while you're listening, take a big yawn and notice how that impacts your pelvic floor. So go again and think about your pelvis. So as you open your mouth and yawn, feel how there's a stretch through your pelvic floor because your head is at the other end. So your pelvis is at one end of your spine, your head is at the other. I'm going to tell you a mind-blowing fact now. Your head weighs, our head weighs on average about 11 pounds. That's about five kilograms. And your head... Weighs 11 pounds more for every inch it comes forwards. So the weight transfer down your spine onto your pelvis and your pelvic floor is increasing by around 11 pounds for every inch your head comes forward oh no this is why the first bit of homework and actually that we'll put this as one of our like clear shares but what my first homework which you've had multiple times is to stand for one minute with your back against the wall to realign your head Because that's such a simple and easy reduction of load down through your pelvis. So, So we look at the whole body. We include, like I said before, the internal massage. So you get to know that internal landscape of your own and you release gently over time the tensions that could be part of what's pulling your pelvic organ out of alignment. Then we do movements, movements that are like um, movement massages almost, which in your whole body that are influencing the organ rising back up and being held up there by the elastic from above, not just being pushed up from below. Can you imagine how ridiculous and exhausting it would be if everything inside your torso was held up by... The muscles below yeah. it's just a ludicrous idea. And it also, is you the idea that. of things falling out of holes in our body, you don't have brains falling out of your ears and your eyeballs don't fall out of your eye sockets. Mm. so why then do they stay in place when you blink and open and close your eyes and you might have tired eyes like we were saying we have today? Mm. Why are our eyeballs not falling out because our eyes feel tired? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's ludicrous. You open and close your mouth all day and things don't fall out. So if I went down the whole body pelvic health route, mm-hmm. where would
1: I start? Would I need to buy special equipment? No. Is there a specific class
0: I would start with? Can you even do Pilates with a prolapse? Yeah, it's a big question. So a lot of the time, actually, the biggest inquiry we get for whole body pelvic health is, is it safe?
1: Yeah, I've Is got visions of like organs do.
0: dropping out while you're yeah. doing something. Or... And it's primarily designed for women with prolapse. Oh. Because that's where I started, because I created this to restore my own prolapse, yeah. which I did, and loads of other women since then. So you wouldn't need any specialist equipment. You can download First Aid for like £10.80 and get started today because I have a, a, a short intro course. Or you can do a whole full comprehensive course. There's something for everybody. And we even in the book, when the book comes out, I go through all the, the steps and then you get a free companion course with And that. what
1: about if i have never done Pilates before? Oh, I considered myself not
0: very fit. Is it hard? Is it hard physically? Not terribly. Right. Mentally, it requires you um, to really give yourself permission to focus on you. And I think that's one of the challenges for people. For me, it is too. So give myself the time to focus on me. How much time would I need
1: to invest?
0: You need to invest about 30 minutes, three times a week.
1: Okay, And that doesn't sound like much, but as we know the reality that often as women, yep. we've got yep. a lot going on, yep. and we put ourselves last, don't we? Of
0: course. So, in the course, I actually have a habit course as well within uh, it. So, I've thought about, because I know all of the women who actually do the course, and they... I know what the barriers are, let's say. Mm. I know what stops us doing it because I'm that person too and I've worked with enough women to know that we think we don't have enough time, we don't have space to do it, we don't know if it'll work. um, We're not seeing results fast enough. Correct. Because for me, I'd
1: want to do one class Mm. and feel like, oh, something's happening.
0: That does happen. So as soon as you start, because... It makes sense. So, one of the, uh, the number one feedback I, I've had, like, lots of testimonials from women where they've practically said word for word the same thing. This makes so much sense. Why has nobody told me this before? Yeah. yeah. And instantly, even just in the relief that there's a logical approach yes. to this, yeah. that helps you to feel better. But instantly, instantly, you feel relief. So there's online courses, they can
1: start off with mini first it's not with um what was it? The pelvic, pelvic floor pelvic, pelvic floor first aid, and then there's a, a whole plethora of uh, classes Club. and course you can But I also know you're running whole body pelvic health Oh, it's so great at the studio. Classes at the studio. So tell me a bit more about that. How do they differ from your more bog standard Pilates class? How would oh, okay. I feel going to such class? Would I would I notice a difference? Yeah. Is it an Sorry, final question. If I had a prolapse, are those classes okay for me or are they more preventative?
0: Oh, great question. So yes, if you've got prolapse, lots of the women have prolapse that come oh, okay. to the class, so that's not um that's not a problem because everything under the whole body public health umbrella is prolapse right. appropriate right. <laughs> and prolapse helpful. Yes, it will also be preventative but it's also restorative. So it's both of those things. The difference is, I mean, we we only use apparatus. So it's either reformer class or we do a a whole body pelvic health reformer course, which is designed to, to lead you through the specific exercises in a specific way whole body pelvic health, so it's it's hand picked and curated, if you like, mm-hmm. a um, course of exercises. And then we also have a more advanced whole body pelvic health class, which is a circuit, and we do all of the equipment in the studio. So we're like hanging and doing the ladder barrel and all sorts of fun stuff. And then we have a, a slightly gentler one, which is actually more about bone density as well as pelvic health, because. As women, we also need to care for our bone density. And oftentimes, I have clients who've got prolapse and they've got osteoporosis or osteopenia, which means that they're really encouraged and need to work on bone density building activity. So it's got a more standing element, more more upright movements we do in that one. Oh, okay. and It's suitable for anybody. Like Even that, you don't have to have done Pilates before because it's not generic pilates it's designed for that woman who's coming with prolapse and what's the benefit of the equipment i'm wondering if people haven't used equipment before whether they might find that a little bit scary coming Mm. to an equipment class there's lots of different benefits of being in a class you've got community which is really beautiful to see friendships that Mm. have blossomed out of um coming together in the class the equipment gives feedback. So where we might use, you know, we might say at home, put your feet on the sofa for a little bit of feedback and support. We've got your feet on the reformer, so you've got the feedback and support of that. We use the springs for assistance. So if, because I know for some people, the the feeling like one of the questions we get at like in, in general math classes is, I'm not sure if I'm feeling it in the right place you know and that yeah, sort of thing yeah whereas with the apparatus and it's why that's primarily what we do you feel it because the apparatus tells you where to feel it you can't yeah. go wrong it's there yeah. that's it there's just like nowhere to kind of deviate yeah. from that so it gives you that feedback most people do the online programme alongside the studio. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So you do, I do I mix them, ideally of both. You yeah. don't have that option just to do the online.
1: Correct. It's fine. Yeah. And so why would I decide to invest, and it is a mm. bit of an investment, isn't mm-hmm. it, in the whole body pelvic health programme rather than going down a, a primarily medical route?
0: Well, the, lots of reasons, of course, but one of the reasons is that you're then empowered... To choose. So I'm obviously speaking to you today and our listeners, and I have a strong belief in this method because I've seen results with hundreds of women and myself. Each of those women have made a commitment and a choice right at the beginning where I explain that this is the why, Mm -hmm. and now you get to choose. Does this make sense to you to do this Mm -hmm. or continue down a medical route or a traditional route, whatever that looks like, and then they get to choose. So you are an empowered woman right from the beginning. Then you're monitoring and in control of your own progress all the time. And because you're going to have natural, long-lasting results to your prolapse versus a surgery or a short-term fix because kegels are not I mean kegels it's something like so that let's put it into perspective the traditional squeezing exercises based on the assumption that the muscles are weak right so Mm -hmm. that that we need to remember that And then the trials that have been done, the only thing that the main trials, three main trials that the NICE guidelines are based on, the only thing they can all categorically say is they do not reduce the likelihood of onward referral for surgery. So you could do the squeezing exercises and you're still going to need surgery. And each of them, with a trial, for it to have clinical significance, it needs to have 15% or more improvement. So they only are looking for 15% improvement in prolapse symptoms. So to the, me, that's, that's rubbish. <laughs> the bar's a bit low, isn't the it? The bar's a bit low. Yeah. They didn't even meet the bar. Right. So those trials didn't meet the bar. Okay. And I... For one, I mean, it makes me feel quite irate because I want the bar to be higher anyway at the beginning. Yeah. And I want us to be pushing for more for us, for women. Why would we? Why? I mean, it's ludicrous to me. So when we do a whole body approach and in particular, we can't make a direct comparison because it's um, the work that Anna and I do and particularly the research that Anna's done is not the same process it's not the same trial as they've gone through however I think it's a good idea to know that when Anna did her so Anna's the women's health physio when she did her research she was getting upwards of 50 percent and that was just this is just like the beginning of this work Mm. upwards of 50 percent and so we keep going when we're doing the movement, we're continuing that growth, we're continuing that improvement. So really, it's important to know that you're going to get better, long-lasting results from doing a whole body approach versus going down that Can you give rate. me a case study of
1: someone who... Oh, I oh, love a case study. Love a case of study, Of someone yeah. who...
0: You might have worked
1: with, or you know, who's done your whole body pelvic health. Mm. What did they commit?
0: What were the results? Yeah, so so many. Um, I have a lady who who had really been kind of round the houses, and she'd had her pro- pro- prolapse diagnosis. She's she's a grandma. She wanted to be able to pick up the kids and do all the things. And she's also like a really active granny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so she she loved to walk. She really enjoyed going on bike rides with her husband. And she started in the, the studio program with me. And she was coming once and then she started coming twice a week. Yeah. And she couldn't really walk a mile or two without having to go and have a wee or feeling pain from you know, the descent of her prolapse. Now she can walk five miles. Now, and she this was within less than three months. Wow. Now she can ride a 15 mile bike ride. Can you imagine? Mm. that? I mean, that's huge. You know, one of her big goals was to be able to go because it was something her and her husband liked to do together, yes, go out and about, yeah, so that was a really great achievement, and no hesitation picking up the grandkids, wow, and then I had a young mom who had was diagnosed with prolapse just like right before the the lockdown, and she joined my online program. And she was so like after the first session, she was so blown away. So she did one class and she was just like, this makes so much sense. And she felt the improvement in her prolapse within a week. That's amazing. So she just keeps doing it. Yeah. Three three week classes a week. Now she does two at home and uh, one in the studio with me. She's just come very soon. And
1: from what you've told me, going back to the the lady who was a grandma and wanted to yeah. pick up her grandkids and play with them and go on bike rides. She isn't fixed, is she? No, there's As no in such She's thing. obviously a massive improvement and she can do that. Mm-hmm. But from what you're saying to me, it sounds like
0: the key is not to go, okay, I'm okay now. No, it has to keep going. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, we need a good analogy for it, but it, the... the, the any injury that you have in your body it's there mm. so it's like the shadow of it is there yeah forever it doesn't matter what it is we need to apply that same grace and respect for our pelvic floor too whether we've got a prolapse or not and different phases of our lives might aggravate symptoms we might you know bring back some symptoms that we haven't had for, for a while. But one of the ladies recently said to me, she's like, it's great because I just have the tools. Yes. So I just do what I know I need to do yeah. and then it's fine again. It's never like you're going to, you know, go all the way backwards again. It's just that you might have a little blip, you know, maybe you go on holiday, you have terrible food and terrible sleep, you don't have your squatty potty with you and then it it throws things up a bit for you. But then you come home and then you get back on your exercises and you're fine again. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, I always use the analogy, don't I, brushing your teeth. You wouldn't dream of stopping brushing your teeth because they were clean this morning. Yes. You'd still do it again tonight and tomorrow yeah, morning yeah. like it's daft. But we just haven't got that mindset no, around. No, because that's
1: ingrained in you. Yes. You know, from birth, isn't it really? And in in schools, teach it and all that kind of thing. In
0: schools, they should be teaching girls
1: about the pelvic floor. (laughs) (laughs) We can dream. We can dream, (laughs) yeah. So, as always, let's end today's episode with Claire Shares' Three Pearls of Wisdom. So, thinking about everything that we've discussed today, if people could only remember three things Mm -hmm. to take away from today's episode, Three things they can do if they are experiencing a pelvic organ prolapse, what would they be?
0: So go with your questions to your GP or a women's health physiotherapist who does internal assessment and treatment and you're going to ask them to look for scar tissue, signs of a prolapse, if there is one, what organ is it? what degree is it? That's really, really important. So get informed. And within that, I would say if you can, look yourself first. So check yourself out first, so you know what's there. If you can see something that looks out of place, then it's really important that you do get that checked out. Okay. And then the second one I would say is, like we've said before standing against the wall to really improve your posture take the load off by getting your head back on your spine so it's just giving a little bit of relief and you'll be amazed actually how much relief just getting your head back mm. actually does give you um, and then a third one I think really it's seeking out the the questions, that, that the answers from the right sources. So joining a community, like I have a Facebook group that's just free for anybody to join called Pelvic Floor Exercises Reinvented, where you can come and be in conversation with people who are not going to tell you your pelvic floor is weak and that your organs are falling out and you need to do strengthening exercises. That are having open conversation and having a great conversation about um how nutrition, what you eat, affects how your pelvic organ prolapses. That's been what we've been talking about recently. So be with people where you know it's 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 a non-biased yes uh, environment. is what I would say brilliant. This has been so great. I feel like this has been such an important episode. It's been great and so many of the things that I, I, it's been useful for me too because it's clarified that what I'm sharing in the book about prolapse is what people need because you've asked me all the questions that I know in real life people will have. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you think of this episode. Like, share, do all the things you know you need to do to help other people find us. And we'd really love you to let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. Bye bye.